All right. Uh, thank you for joining us for today's episode of our Tech Talks. Um, as a reminder, we do these monthly, so uh, keep coming back. This is exciting. This is where we talk about tech. And, uh, and join me today is Mike Fisher from Therma. And uh, Kirsten, as always, the two of us are hosting these events, and uh, we're, we really appreciate you guys joining us. Um, Mike and uh, Therma are a customer of ours here at Data Endor, and as I mentioned in previous sessions, that sometimes we'll be having customers, sometimes we'll be having partners, and then keep an eye out for when we do our disruptor series. Every once in a while, we'll have disruptive tech that we're talking about and things that are changing the way technology has been done. But today, we'd like to talk with you, Mike, about what's going on in your world and how things are going. And um, Busy. <laughs> we're really busy, like everybody. So if you um, just give a little bit high level about who Therma is and what you guys have uh, done and uh, a little bit about the growth through your acquisition strategy today for the, uh, for the audience, just so they get a sense of who you are and right. how tech fits into that world. That's a lot. I know. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll so you're, you're, you're going to have to help fill in the blanks a little bit. But, um, you know, as you you guys know, we we were 54 years old. Um, so the company was founded in 1967 by Nikki and Joe Parisi. Uh, we are a full service mechanical contractor, a full service mechanical solutions provider, if you will. So um, we touch everything that is essentially that's in the building that's mechanical. Um, we have a, we're headquartered here in, uh, San Jose with, uh, a division in Southern California and, uh, recent acquisitions in Albuquerque, New Mexico and, uh, Baltimore. So we, we have a national presence now and that's, that's a fairly recent, uh, development, right? We, we started on the, uh, expansion plans about two years ago. So it's an exciting time. So you guys have been the largest regional player in this space, and this expansion, you're hoping to do what for the company? To give you that footprint growth across the country? Exactly. Right. And, you know, part of our model is kind of the, the be everything for and do everything for our customers. So most of our, our blue chip customers are folks like Genentech and Intel, Applied Material, um, AstraZeneca, um, you know, the super folks that have critical processes, that's that's kind of our niche. Um, they have offices other than here in Northern California. So our model is to, um, you know, go and con continue to service them in other locations. So we're doing that through, you know, acquisition and then organic expansion um, where we're, you know, opening offices um, you know, such as Southern California service office is a good example of what we did. Uh, our customer up here is Amgen. Well, they have a, a big plant in Thousand Oaks. So we were asked to uh, set up shop down there to continue to service them. So that's why we're, we're moving outside of the area. Got it. Yeah. And for your history, you are probably one of the most innovative players in this space that uh, we've seen ourselves. We have other customers in a similar space. and you've been able to uh, implement technology and integrate technology into your work processes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think it, I mean, we kind of break our, let's, we'll call it our workflow into three different components. Um, 
the design side, the build side, and then the, the post management of what we build and install side. Um, for us and our customers, you know, the, the speed of project delivery is key. Um, so we have to weave in the technology tools to be able to expedite those processes. Um, if you look at, you know, let's just look at drug delivery uh, systems, if you will, right? If, if you delay the project, you know, a day, a week, you know, God forbid a month, you're talking about millions, millions of dollars of potential revenue for that particular customer. So we need to look at what tools are available out there that are out there and then make them part of our process. Um, you know, specifically on the design side, right? We, we have to collaborate with the, the engineers, the architects, uh, the, the general contractors, and then of course ourselves, especially contractor, you need tools that, you know, um, um, that allow you to be more collaborative during that process. Um, everybody needs to work from the, the same model, right? right? And you need to take that model, you need to be able to share it, you need to be able to um, have seamless uploads in, in terms of changes that occur to that model. And then once the model's complete, then you have to start building from it, right? So, you know, we'll take that model, we'll need to be able to break it apart and uh, spread it out amongst our, our different you know, disciplines within Therma and then start building from it, right? So now you start pulling in the detailing side. Um, the detailers will take those different components and figure out how we can build them within our shop. And now we start bringing in the shop technology, um, you know, to, again, how, how fast can we bring, bring the project in? We will, um, you know, whether it's supporting our lasers, our brakes, or our shears, our specialty weld tools, uh, all that stuff has to be integrated. Um, now we go out to the site and now we have to look for tools to, you know, again, to, to speed up the project. And we use various you know, GPS tools for the layout. You know, no longer do you see, you know, mechanics out there with a tape measure, you know, and snap on a chalk line. That, those are times gone by. Um, we use uh, you know, GPS tools for layout uh, that ties back to the model, you know, back and at the shop, so we know exactly where the That's penetrations need to be. Um, and then, e even if it's not a ground-up um, uh, type of construction project, if, if we're doing like a tentative improvement in a lab or a mechanical space, um, we don't have the luxury of sending a mechanic in there detailing the existing conditions. So we have uh, 3D modeling tools with, with laser measuring um, capabilities where we could essentially set a tripod in the, the middle of a mechanical room and then it will actually create a three-dimensional model that now we can take back to the shop, figure out you know, what, you know, how long the pipe has got to be, you know, the elevation of the pipe. We can make that pipe in the shop and take it out to the job or that that customer site and go ahead and install it to minimize any type of customer downtime, um, et cetera. And then lastly, um, you know, the internet of things, right? The, how the IOT comes to, comes into the picture when we're maintaining uh, the building systems that we've designed and built and we have to maintain them, um, you know, being, being predictive, being, you know, proactive and anticipating any type of critical 
uh, equipment failures that could be catastrophic to our customer. Um, those are the tools that, that allow us to be successful in that space. Was that too much? No, that was perfect. <laughs> okay. So it's, uh, it's surprisingly, it's um, when you think about um, the contractor space, there's people don't think about all the technology you guys have implemented. Right. Um, right. And uh, one of the challenges that um, I know that you guys have dealt with and continue to deal with as you grow and as you acquire is how do you integrate the technology across the acquisitions and how do you secure it? Um, which little, little nub for us, that, that's where we come into the picture. But right. um, ultimately, the, um, the, as you have um, continued to add technology and capabilities and have systems talking to each other, the criticality of the systems now helps your uh, ability to meet timelines and meet schedules, but it also is the risk to that timeline and schedule. Right, right. So um, can you talk a little bit about how you've dealt with that risk and what it, you guys are doing? It, it, from an acquisition standpoint, it is probably one of the most challenging aspects of a transaction. Um, starting at what are you buying, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right. Um, and then uh, how, how, how can you connect it into what you already have? And it's, you know, obviously you've got different, you know, components to that. You've got the finance side, which has got its challenges. Right. Um, and then you have the, the engineering and design side as well. Um, for us, it's, you know, we, we, we don't have the internal resources to be able to, to do all that, those things that need to be done. So, you know, we, we partner with, you know, firms such as Data Endure to, to help us through that process. Um, you know, the, the two acquisitions that we that we recently uh, started working with require you know, security uh, risk assessments. Right. Um, and that's something that we've contracted with you to do. So yeah. um, we'll take your recommendations and then figure out how to, you know, weave it back into the mothership, if you will. Right. And then, you know, provide you know, the necessary security components, you know, to protect the data. Yep. I think... Um there's some of our listeners who are acquisitive and are very familiar with what we're talking about, but for those that aren't, um, we kind of look at acquisitions as a three-legged stool. There is the financial attribute of it, which is doing the financial due diligence and figuring out, does this acquisition make sense? Are they profitable? Are we willing to take on the risk of any debt they have? All that. Then there is the business operation side of it, which is, does this fit into our model? Does it expand something we do? Does it add capability we don't have? And then the last side of it is that technical due diligence. And that is, do, does the technology mesh? Um, how much of a forklift is it to try to make it mesh if it doesn't dynamically mesh? Right. And then obviously the security side of that, which plays across all three attributes. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we, um, um, uh, we're working on right now the CISO assessment with you guys, which is effectively going into these acquisitions and running a set of purple team activities that helps to um, validate whether the security controls they put in place are doing what they think they do and identifying gaps for you so that you know the forklift upgrade you have to do or the gaps you have to close to get them to a secure standard similar to what you have in-house. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about the benefit of something like that for a team of your size from um, an IT perspective? So you talk about the benefit of the actual assessment itself? Or? The outcome. So for example, um, if, if data indoor wasn't in the picture, trying to accomplish that with your existing oh, with IT our current, team, yeah. yeah, with our current IT resources, yeah. well, it, it wouldn't happen. 
right? I mean, we're, we're challenged, you know, because of the type of business that we have to be able to support just our ongoing business operations, right. that there, there's no way it would happen, right? right? Um, so we have to lean on a partner to be able to do that for us. Right. And, you know, for us, you know, you know, security managing risk is you know, paramount. I mean, without doing that, we put ourselves at risk and we can't afford that risk with our clients, you know, protecting the data, whether it's, you know, as simple as you know, email phishing exercise, right. right? We've done plenty of those, um, is, is key. I mean, we, 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 we have contracts with our clients that specifically spell out, you know, we cannot have any, uh, any data breach, right? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge priority for us. You know, so that's why we're leaning on you to perform that. Okay. So as you continue to look forward and uh, you guys continue to grow through acquisition and some of the things you're doing in your space, what are some of the, how do you stay ahead of the innovation curve and continue to innovate as you have? Um, it, it was one thing to be in a, in a single region and be able to bring everybody together and do things. How do you spread that across all these different locales now and states? How do we spread the... That innovation the, concept. Um, well, it's a good, that's a good question. Again, that's a challenge. Um, you know, it starts with the, the leadership team of the acquisition and making sure that we're all on the same page you know, in terms of what are the priorities from an IT perspective. Right. Um, you know, and once they understand what, you know, the, the overall risk and the importance of you know, protecting what we have, um, it's, it's not a hard sell. Um, and then we'll, you know, again, we'll be pulling in, you know, Data Endure to help support those activities. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the nice thing about it, of course, today, you don't need to be in Albuquerque and you don't need to be in, in Baltimore to be able to provide those services, right? Right, and we had a discussion just the other day on how we're going to deploy the, um, you know, the sensors for the for the SOC for, for those remote locations, and the nice thing is is nobody's got to get on an airplane to do it. Right, do it from here. Yeah, that's um, that's one of the advantages we've uh, we've created a model for. We have customers that are international in scope, and and their uh, the challenges they had is how do I deploy this quickly? Right. Every other SOC company we're talking to has to put people on site and they've got a project plan that's a year long to implement. We can't wait that long. And when we put our proposal together for one this one particular company I'm thinking about, they said everybody else was nine months to a year. You guys are saying 30 days. Right. How is that possible? Right. And uh, and we're, we've been able to accomplish that because of similar innovation on the technology side in automation, in uh, cookie cutter approach to deploying things so that right. you don't reinvent the wheel for each customer. Yeah, I know that this. I was just going to say, if we could rewind just a second, um, you mentioned the SOC, you kind of started to talk about that. Um, and just for the audience out there, um, we're talking about a security operations as a security operations center as a service, and that's something Therma has deployed and is now employing um, as one of the security measures that you're taking to. to further protect your company. Right. Maybe talk a little bit about that, just because we haven't really talked about what that is, or maybe why that's something that your organization is looking at. Because um, I think that's interesting too, because we've got a lot of folks out there that um, know that there's security risk out there. They maybe have deployed a couple tools, but are they right. doing what they need to? And is that enough? Can I find the people? People are really expensive. So 
why did you come to think about the Security Operations Center in the first place? Well, without getting into the details, mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we had an event mm -hmm. that um, kind of shook us to our core. <laughs> and, and I mean, IT for us historically has been, it's, it's just, it's in the back room, making sure that our computers, you know, turn on when we hit the start button, mm -hmm. right? Um, it, in post-event, it was evident to us that we needed to really, really invest into protecting the data. Um, and we quickly found out that it, it's not a single layer approach. It has to be a multi-layer approach. Um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've learned a lot about IT in a short period of time. Um, but that was that was the biggest takeaway after you know we we started discussions with Data Endure, is you you can have passive systems that that sit there and will detect activity, um, but then you need something more than that, right? You need something that can stop the activity and then report the activity, and it's I think we have what, three three layers right now and looking to add a fourth, um, but it's it's the biggest threat to our business and it's it was you know the least resourced yeah. right you know prior to this event that we had and it's not uncommon we, we see a lot of places right. um, and the the challenging thing to it is we see places that security is one of the many hats that the IT team wears and it happens to be because it's not prioritized and there's not budget allocated to it that it is the least one paid attention to it right and um, and um, I've had conversations with a lot of customers over the last year where their tune has changed from we're not a target, we're not a threat to, oh my God, we keep seeing articles every week and are we really a threat? I didn't realize we were a threat, but maybe we are. And um, the reality is if you look at the media and you look at what's going on out there, there is an awful lot of attacks happening and what's going on is people are not targeting, they're doing a shotgun approach and that splatter, if it hits anybody, they get notified that they hit somebody and they go and attack and, right. and try to take advantage of it. So our approach to the SOC, um, I've, I've been in the CISO position for about 20 years of my career, and our approach to the SOC is what I would want if I was sitting inside a company and somebody was bringing a service to me. Right. And uh, so we've made that defense in depth approach, which is what you were talking about, the multi-layer approach. It's one thing to have firewalls and endpoint protection that that does a lot to protect your borders, but uh, especially a company like you or anybody who has people in the field, how do you protect the people in the field? How do you know they're getting protected? Right. And um, how do you know that the firewall is doing what you want? And so we put layers in that do behavior, like you said, that understand what's happening on your network from a behavioral perspective, behavior at the endpoint. And then we also do a that same similar to the CISO assessment. We do, we're doing that automated pen testing or purple team activity right. every month to see if your security controls work. Right. And that way you get a sense of we actually have our controls in place. They're doing what we think they are. We didn't just spend all this money on these expensive firewalls mm -hmm. and these expensive antivirus solutions, but they do what we expect. Right. And it's um, and it, for me, there's a sense of. Uh, security sense of comfort because it's i have visibility into it right and it's 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 kind of uh, disturbing to see but it's also comforting to see 
um, you know, the, the, the reports or the notifications that I get that the same, which is the same as the IT team gets to show, hey, you got this activity happening on this particular endpoint, mm-hmm. go investigate, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, fortunately, you know, nine times out of 10, it, it's, it's something benign, mm-hmm. but there's that one time and we've seen it. So like, on a, several occasions yep. that there's something malicious starting. And, uh, you know, prior to engaging data endure and, and deploying the SOC, we wouldn't have known. Right. Yeah. right. And and you don't know for months and months mm-hmm. until somebody decides to, you know, hit the hit the start button. Right. And then by then it's too late. It's funny, I had a similar conversation recently with a customer who said, um, I'm not sure you guys are doing anything for us. And we did a, a, a quarterly business review with them and walked through here's the right. you know, sixty five million events that have happened in your environment since we went live and of those here's the number of alerts we've escalated to your team. Right. We take care of the rest of that. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't know what white noise meant yeah. until <laughs> until you shared some. Yeah. It. So, yeah. Um, no, it's you know our we recently added uh, two two executive positions to our our team, um, a, a new CEO and a new C- CFO, and um, both of them have been able to witness um, the effectiveness of it, and were you know highly impressed with it. Thank you. We, yeah. we certainly appreciate your business and the relationship. Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. So I think we're uh, coming up to time. And uh, and again, really appreciate you joining us here. It's a good conversation. And, uh, and uh, for our audience, uh, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on the next Tech Talk. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. I, I would ask you to provide one closing thought to our audience. So we, we talked about it <laughs> earlier, how you know, while you're, while what you're doing in your industry is unique, you know, your systems, your processes, your tools, um, for probably anyone in your position, independent of the industry, right, their challenge today is how do I balance this need for innovation and this need to be able to balance risk? So, you know, it, it's, it's tricky. Um, what would you say, what would be one recommendation or one thought that you might leave with individuals in your position as they think about you know how how to balance this, how to think about it. Any anything interesting you might leave with our audience? The well, I'll, I mentioned it earlier, right? We had this event, right? And that was that was something that, that I struggled all the time with is is that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not a balance. It's it's really you need to look at at you know the risk and the safety and security of your data is your number one priority when you're planning your business because if there's an interruption to it you have no business Mm -hmm. you cannot under resource that and you need to make that um, especially now since we're you know we've gotten as large as we have there's governance issues Um, you know we're constantly audited on what what are our safety and security procedures Um, and it is it's paramount Right. It, it is one of the most important parts of our business. I don't, did that answer your question? Absolutely. Perfectly. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Us. Yeah, you're welcome. Right. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. See you next month.